Well, welcome to the Center for Ancient Christian Studies podcast. Uh, We're your hosts, Sean Wilhite and Trey Moss. Our guest today is Dr. Craig Keener. Dr. Keener is the FM and Adath Thompson Professor of Biblical Studies at Asbury Theological Seminary. Dr. Keener's research interests extend from New Testament background uh, to the Book of Acts, historical Jesus research, miracles, the Gospels, and all the way to ethnic and racial reconciliation studies. He has authored 17 books, including his IVP Bible background commentary, a recent work on miracles and the credibility of the New Testament accounts. Uh, he, has a, he also has a work on the historical Jesus of the Gospels, and his most recent text is a three-volume commentary on the book of Acts. Dr. Keener, it's, it really is good to be with you today. It's great to be with you. Well, Dr. Keener, why don't we first start with you? How and why did you begin studying the background of the New Testament and ancient Christianity? Maybe talk about personal journey, key books that influenced you, some thinkers that uh, shaped you along the way. When I, when I first became a Christian, coming from an unchurched background completely, I didn't know anything about the Bible. So what I had to do first was to, to learn the Bible. And <clears throat> I found after a while, if you read 40 chapters of the Bible a day, you can get through the New Testament every week or you can get through the Bible every month. Hmm. But as I was doing that, I quickly realized that there were points that the biblical writers assumed that their audiences understood and, and therefore didn't need to explain that I didn't understand. And for that kind of information, I would need to go, um, go study the kinds of things that could be taken for granted back then. I mean, not just the language, which was taken for granted, obviously, but also sometimes concepts, customs, and, and so on. Some, uh, it actually was the Bible itself that influenced me that way initially, but also I found some, uh, you mentioned key books and key thinkers, some people who influenced me early on, one of my professors in Bible college, um, Ben Aker, <clears throat> also uh, another figure at the time was a, a leading scholar, Gordon Fee, uh, he was an example of somebody who really loved God with all his heart uh, and was a careful scholar as well because uh, I'd come in with this kind of preconception. I'd been an intellectual snob before my conversion and so after my conversion I kind of reacted against that but it was possible to serve God with your intellect passionately. Uh, and uh, another, another person with Gordon Fee, we had his New Testament survey lecture tapes from his classes at Gordon Conwell in our library. So I was listening to those and taking notes. But also uh, George Ladd had a had a big influence mm -hmm. on me from his his writings, mm -hmm. and those were those were probably the biggest influences on me uh, early on. Yeah, no, the, that's 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 real encouraging to hear, and it's and it's typical that. Sometimes we we just get sparked of an interest due to a relationship with a person or yes. just a key a key guy or a key woman that's in our life that just kind of activates those in our mind and kind of sets us on a trajectory. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exciting to hear. Well, well, if we can, we'd love to talk a little bit about your most recent work. We have with us your Acts commentary, 
a number uh, of, of colleagues have been working through it, have been richly blessed by it. There, um, just the amount of labor you can tell that went into it, of which the, the church is, uh, is just highly grateful for, for you for you in that. And, and would love to just kind of hear your testimony about the book itself, just kind of looking back on the writing process. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about the project itself as you were working through it and how you went about writing this text. It's rich not only in the background studies, uh, the Jewish studies, some of the Greco-Roman uh, studies as well, and, and we'd just love to kind of hear how, 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 how that process went. D different, different in my books came about different ways. Like the background commentary, I just saw a need for it. So I figured if somebody hadn't written it by the time I was ready to write it, then I would do that. And then there was another book, actually it was the Revelation commentary, that I was just praying and I felt like an urge in my heart that God wanted me to write something on Revelation and propose it to a certain publisher. But because I was working on my John commentary, I hadn't gotten around to it yet, when that same publisher for whom I'd never written before, called me and said, um, we have a cancellation in this series. Could you write a commentary for us? Mm. And I was like, well, I don't think I'd have time. Uh, but what book is it on? Just in case it was Philemon. Well, it was in Revelation. <laughs> so I said, all right. <clears throat> well, I think, I think that one, I'd better say yes. Huh. <laughs> but the, the Acts commentary, it wasn't uh, anything so spectacular. It was something that just, um, I just knew I was going to, I needed to do because I've been, once I realized the value of background, and I also realized you can't expect everybody to go dig through all these ancient sources, spend 10 years before they feel like they know what they're doing in it. Um, I said, okay, well, I'm gonna need to write this. Uh, since I've spent these years, let me, let me do this. But um, the issue, was I had a whole lot of background material clustered on certain books of the New Testament. Acts was one of them, and probably my, yeah, I, I think it's probably safe to say it's my strongest book, where I had the most material to, to write on. And when I finished my previous projects, Acts was next on the list. But Acts was kind of a daunting project. The, the, the commentary itself is fun, because I'm in the text, mm -hmm. but the introduction was quite demanding. And actually, uh, I was so much into it at the beginning of, of the uh, project. I, between that and my classes and grading and everything, I, sometimes I was getting by on three hours of sleep a night, and mm -hmm. that may be all right for some people, but I ended up in the hospital. Oh, wow. So um, I had to pace myself a little bit better after that. But it took, it took over a decade of, of writing, not including the, um, I don't know, almost 20 years of research before I started the writing. And uh, it's, it's, it's just been, a, it's been wonderful. I've, I've enjoyed engaging the text at that level, but then spending, 10 years writing something and not seeing the fruit of it right. all that time was pretty demanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hmm. would, would, you, um, would you mind opening up kind of the, 
the bag a little bit and describing how the writing process went. Sure. Was this a morning project, an evening project? Did you go weeks without writing it and you were in primary texts? Or what did that writing process look like for you? I'd, I'd done a lot of the primary texts beforehand and secondary literature as well. So I had, I don't know, certainly thousands, maybe, maybe tens of thousands of index cards of, of information to work from. Um, I had it filed under scripture reference, but of course when you have that much, then you have to break it down into subcategories, sometimes even under verse. But uh, once I started writing, of course, I found things where I needed to go and do more research, like, you know, Eutychus fell out the window. Well, what, what would have been his position? Where is the window right. on the wall and stuff like that? Those were things I, I hadn't come across, you yeah. know, so I just had to go do special research in ancient architecture or whatever. Um, ancient archaeological sites, but uh, I, I'm not a morning person. I did, I worked late into the night, uh, which was why I had trouble that when I was beginning because I had morning classes that semester. <laughs> uh, but just most of my time invested in it. The the writing, the chunks used for writing required the greatest concentration. Going back and re-editing it, filling in things I'd made notes to myself to fill in, that was, that was uh, not as mind-intensive. Indexing is totally mind-non-intensive. I, I found I can actually listen to uh, interviews like this. I can yeah. <laughs> listen to things like this while I'm indexing. But yeah. the, uh, and then there were things where I found some more ancient sources where I said, no, I really need to read this. I haven't read Pliny's Natural History before. I need to read this. And so I would just stop and do it. I love working through the ancient texts. So that was actually a joy. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, 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 rich, that's rich to hear. Yeah, so kind of building on that question, a number of your books reflect the importance of Greco-Roman, Jewish, Dead Sea Scrolls, Second Temple Literature. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just cast a broad vision for us uh, on how that literature sort of gives uh, an insight into the New Testament, the study of the New Testament, how that literature kind of broadens our perspective on the New Testament canon. <clears throat> when, when Mark in Mark chapter 7 describes a Jewish custom that he doesn't expect his audience to be familiar with, Matthew in Matthew chapter 15 doesn't bother to give the background for that because he expects his audience will already know it. And there are a lot of places where the background is just assumed. Well, that's what I call a background. It was, it was something that didn't need to be stated explicitly, but could be taken for granted by the, the, the writer and the original audience, but that we need to make explicit so we can understand it uh, more fully. Um, Relevance theory talks about this and secondary communication filling in the, the background. Uh, when people talk about um, the different horizons, you know, the first horizon is, uh, is, is with the text. You know, what was the text's horizon? And if we want to hear it fully, uh, we'll, want to, um, we'll want to try to reconstruct that insofar as possible. It was, it was Paul's letters that got me into that originally because I realized 
you know, you're reading 1 Corinthians and he's addressing issues that the Corinthians raised. So there's a background there automatically and some of it you can reconstruct. Some of it is much harder to reconstruct. Sometimes the uh, learning something about Greek and Roman culture helps you to reconstruct it. And sometimes you can learn as much as you want. <laughs> you know, there's some details we won't, we won't be able to catch in terms of the background, but. Where, where would you recommend a student to begin? Maybe Josephus, maybe working yes. through some of the Dead Sea Scrolls, maybe. Yes. Uh, so where would you maybe highlight one or two books for us? Um, if you can add, add a third, that would be fine. Yeah. Of just where, where do we begin if a student is interested or if someone is interested in that? Don't begin where I began. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started with rabbinic literature, which is very fun. Well, parts of it are very fun. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's later. And, right. Um, so it's, it's all right to go there. But if you want to get the, the most relevant things first, um, partly it depends on what you're doing background for. Uh, if you're doing Acts, certainly. If you're doing the Gospels, um, Josephus is hugely relevant. Uh, you can sample Josephus by, by doing uh, his autobiography, The, the Life. Um, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls are hugely important for Gospels. Uh, for Paul, I couldn't narrow it down to three sources. Uh, to, to get a sense of the Greco-Roman culture um, from his era, you know, getting some Stoic thought, maybe sample Seneca, uh, certainly sample Philo, uh, but, but these are things you can sample to just get a feel for it at the beginning. Um, Greco-Roman rhetoric, you could look at the Uns Progomnasmata, it's from the first century, but it's hard to just say about sample. Um, certainly the Apocrypha, things like Wisdom of Solomon, actually that would be even better than Philo. Wisdom of Solomon gets you into um, Hellenistic Jewish thought in a beautiful way. Sirach is useful for understanding um, somewhat beyond Proverbs where um, the way Jewish sages communicated comes across and, and so on. Yeah, no, that's 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 very that's very helpful. Um, maybe if we can bring this to a close, we we just have one more one more question for for you, and, and it's and it's a question that we just have concern for students. We have concern just for trying to mentor and help disciple, help shepherd, just uh, just uh, a number of students, and even and, and just try to provide encouragement for for other uh, uh, thinkers of the ancient ancient Christianity. Um, Let's, in, let's envision you have a few students in front of you. They have an open ear to you. They want to listen to you. They want to learn from you. If, if you only had two minutes with them, what, what would it be that you would leave them with? <clears throat> when you read scripture and you know the background, it comes alive. It's all, all over the place. You begin to see the connections. You see how things fit together especially if your study of the background isn't so narrow that you only know one piece of the background, but you, you can provide a broader context. But what's important to remember is the life isn't in the background. Mm. So don't sacrifice your devotional life. Don't sacrifice your, your uh, preaching life and so on just for the background. You learn the background, 
but the life is in the biblical text. The, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in the biblical text. So um, keep in mind what the background's for, why, why, we're, why we're studying it. No, that's, that, that has been quite helpful. Uh, Dr. Keener, we just are we're thrilled that you're able to spend a few moments with us, and we, we are very grateful for you to do so, and uh, thank you for giving a few moments of your time. It's, it's my privilege to be here.